Welcome to the Knife Junkie Podcast, the place for blade lovers to learn about knives and hear from the makers, manufacturers, and reviewers that make the knife world go round. I'm Bob DeMarco, and coming up, we're going to take a look at uh, the shark lock out in the wild. I get a new custom from Pinkerton, and we're going to take a look at some super cool clip point folders. Welcome to the Knife Junkie Podcast, your weekly dose of knife news and information about knives and knife collecting. Here's your host, Bob the Knife Junkie DeMarco. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment from this past week was from Papik, 1965, on my Jack Wolf Knives Laidback Jack 2 uh, review. He says, hey, thanks for your review, man. I've never owned a Jack Wolf knife before but often see them on Knife Center reviews. It's absolutely beautiful, and if I may so, uh, great close-up camera work showing detail. I thank you, sir. Uh, It's an expensive buy for me, but looking at uh, quality, it's worth it. My next knife. And uh, the reason I chose this, uh, this is my favorite comment this week, because this is not something that I see the Knife Junkie channel as as necessarily... um, a service that I don't necessarily see us performing. Here's a new knife. Check it out. Is it is it worth your money? Of course, like that's baked in a little bit. But um, there are other channels that I love that I follow religiously, uh, who always have the new knives, and and that's kind of their deal. Like, check out the latest thing. Is this worth your money? And I'm I'm glad you got that out of my my close up of that knife. And also, thank you for your kind words over my camera work. I've always been insecure about it. So uh, it's great that the close-ups of that knife uh, helped sell uh, sell it to you. Uh, and it is worth every penny of it, no doubt. And uh, I love supporting our our American uh, designers. So thank you very much, Papik1965, and everyone else who watched, commented, liked, and did all of that this past week. It's greatly appreciated. All right, those thanks out. Time for a pocket check. In my front right pocket today, I had the very luxurious Pical fighter here in my pocket. This is the inversion from Kaiser. I call it a fighter, but actually, of all of the Pical style knives I have, Pical, uh, if, if you haven't heard me drone on endlessly about it so far, Pical is this style of knife where the t- uh, the tip is down and the edge is in. It's primarily for self-defense and takes advantage of your adrenaline dump caveman motions. When all of your fine motor skills go out the door and you're not doing your fancy uh, collie uh, stuff. So, But this one in particular makes an excellent EDC knife. It's, it is a Pical and it does look kind of odd. You expect the blade to be oriented in the opposite direction for that handle where that choil is. Uh, but once you get over that, you'll find out that it's not just a great self-defense knife. It is a great EDC knife. You have a uh, centerline tip here. Uh, you have uh, a, a hawk bill, which is great for just all sorts of cutting. You're pulling on straps. You're pulling on rope or string. Uh, that sort of uh, li- uh, small recurve there in the hawk bill captures the material so you can slice right through it. Uh, it has a uh, setup so that you can use it with that, uh, um, what do you call it, utility pull cut kind of grip. So this, I, I, I say that this is probably the most EDC-friendly Pical-style folder out there. Now, as you may know from listening to my Tier 1 gear reviews uh, interview, there are not too many folding Pical's out there. But of them, this one is, uh, to me, does the best job of flexing between just an awesome utility knife and an awesome um, self-defense knife. This one ships with two different uh, openers. This one gives you sort of that uh, the wave ability there. Uh, this is a discontinued knife, but Dirk Pinkerton is bringing out a new inversion under his own uh, shingle, and I, I'm on the pre-order for it. It includes a ring that can come uh, that can screw right in these two posts here, and you can either have it or not have it. Uh, but it's perfectly positioned uh, right there. Doesn't change your your grip at all. So if you're apprehensive about rings, this one might uh, might win your confidence. Okay, next up the uh, 
the subject of that very nice comment, the laid-back Jack V2. I'm not sure if he's actually calling it the V2, but this is the second run of the laid-back Jack, which was the uh, second knife ever from Jack Wolf Knives, a sway-back Jack pattern with the beautiful Warncliffe blade. On this model, they did a number of uh, changes here. First and uh, most recognizable is they extended the bolster. Uh, ben Belkin extended the bolster and made it a more of a barlow there, a bolster taking up a third of the handle. And then the covers, he did some really uh, unique things. Uh, he went more traditional with the wood and the curonite, uh, two materials that we see on uh, traditional slip joint folders that we haven't seen on Jack Wolf knives yet. That purple curonite is gorgeous. That also has a black anodized blade and titanium bolster. So that's a totally unique look for that model. This one for me, um, he knows me well. He knows my taste well. Uh, this was sent to me by uh, Ben of Jack Wolf Knives. And he said, I think you and your audience will appreciate the beautiful rosewood covers we're putting on. And for the first time ever in 13 models, I, I guess 14 models, uh, he's putting natural materials on in the form of this beautiful rosewood. Uh, rosewood is a robust wood. You see it on the fretboards of guitars. Uh, but the main concern is having something built overseas with different heat, humidity, and conditions uh, with those natural materials, and then having them ship to the United States and uh, expand or um, change their characteristics due to the changes in the atmosphere and humidity and that kind of thing. So uh, I guess, you know, this this was something, uh, a kind of wood that is is pretty good for the purpose. Uh, they Like I said, they're on guitars, and guitars are made all over the world, and shipped to the United States, so uh, I guess it works. Uh, on this one, just a beautiful hand-rubbed satin with the, those horizontal lines and uh, a, a even larger and even larger uh, sharpening choil there. Beautiful. That is the way to do it. I love that. Also very thin, very slicey. These are very impressive knives, and uh, I'm very grateful to have this one, especially in that rosewood. Okay, on my belt today, right up front, is the Combatant by T. Kell Knives. Just a very wearable and easily concealed, uh, so that the, the sheeple around you don't get nervous, but a very, very easily concealed utility knife. To me, this is definitely a an EDC fixed blade knife that could definitely, of course, like all, flex into um, combatives. Uh, on this version of the combatant, this is his second version. He added that swedge for improved, uh, thrusting. He being Tim Kell. A uh, lot about this knife I love. It is, it is very small. It's, but it's wide enough to get a good grip on it. It is just barely four fingers for me. I who wear, uh, medium, uh, leather work gloves. Uh, and then it has these two deep choils here with high peaks that act almost as sub-hilts. They really keep this small handle locked in hand. Uh, very, very sharp, as all Kell knives are. And he's using these Burl G10s that I love so much. This was the first one I think he used, uh, and it's supposed to look like a wood burl. It's like a swirly G10 with layers. Beautiful. And now he's using it. Uh, I have the Gray Man version of this. It's gray, obviously, on my MR1. I have the green version of that on my um, Night Stalker. And now I see he's got like purple burl and red burl and all the beautiful colors uh, that you can get in a G10 handle from TKL is now in that, the burl. Um, so go, go check those out. Really, really awesome. Um, just utility knife. Like, like I said, it, it's innocent enough looking that you could have it on you, um, really for work all day long and no one will bat an eye. Uh, but if you needed to, you could, you could use that in the Tim Kell way. You know, he's always talking about how to use his knives defensively. And with the really slimline sheath that they do with the discrete carry concepts horizontal clip here, uh, it's a perfect carry. All right. Last up, Omni for emotional support, kind of an old favorite, the Troodon, the Microtech Troodon. I felt, uh, I felt like I needed two edges on me today. Uh, I didn't, <laughs> but I felt like I did. So, uh, I got the old Troodon out. I love the, uh, the serrations on the top. I recently discussed those on, uh, 
the show on serrations. I like having that option. Actually, I've always thought that the Troodon and the Ultratech are really great upside down. Uh, this is the way you're, you're kind of the prescribed manner of holding it, at least in um, saber grip. But if you flip it, the actuation tab is a little bit further back than the thumb ramp, which, uh, you know, the finger ramp now becomes the thumb ramp. And this is a more proper setup, I think with the thumb a little bit forward. And uh, so either way you hold this knife, it's a, a great user and uh, fun to play with, no doubt. And this one has always rung. Here, listen. Oh, hang on. I had a misfire there. This never happens. Hang on. Hear that ring? I swear, baby. This never happens. All right, so this is... Uh, the Microtech Troodon, that was my emotional support knife today. My ESK, still trying to make fetch happen. And, uh, and, and that really, uh, actually does when you're sitting there editing in the dark and you're like, hmm, should it be a, uh, you know, should it be a dissolve or a wipe or whatever? <laughs> By the way, it should, it should hardly ever, never ever be a wipe. Hardly ever. Okay. Uh, so that's what I had in my pockets today. What did you have in yours? I had the Kaiser inversion, the Jackwolf Knives, Laidback Jack V2, the TKL Knives Combatant, and the Microtech Troodon. Uh, to me, a great quadrangle of edginess uh, on me today. Uh, let me know what you had on you. I love it. I love hearing it. It gives me ideas, and uh, I need more of those. All right, coming up on the Knife Junkie Podcast, we're going to take a look at some new drops from CRKT, and then we'll get to the state of the collection where I have a new custom. Right here on the Knife Junkie Podcast. If you're a knife junkie, you're always in the market for a new knife. And we've got you covered. For the latest weekly knife deals, be sure to visit the knifejunkie.com slash knives. Through our special affiliate relationships, we bring you weekly knife specials on your favorite knives. Help support the show and save money on a new knife. Shop at the knifejunkie.com slash knives. That's the knifejunkie.com slash knives. You're listening to the Knife Junkie Podcast. And now, here's the Knife Junkie with the Knife Life News. Well, just in time for National Knife Day last week, whew, excuse me, which um, all the purveyors turned into National Knife Week, which I, I very much respect because that's what I do with my birthday. They had uh, uh, CRKT, uh, as well as a number of other companies, and we'll, we'll see another one in a minute here, uh, dropped some pretty cool new models. Uh, I'm not a huge CRKT fan, but I love, uh, where else are you going to get a Flavio Icoma that you can afford? Uh, so this is the new one called the Bot. It's in, um, OS 10. It's a fully flat ground, beautiful drop point. I love that. It's kind of, um, well, it's definitely all Icoma all day long, this entire knife, but it also has a sort of Ken Onion vibe. I like uh, these two designers a lot for their sort of, uh, use of organic line. And this, of course, has that deadbolt lock. Uh, the deadbolt, uh, much like the new warning lock from um, Beyond EDC, is is uh, mounted on the pivot. Now, I'm not sure how the new um, Beyond EDC lock works yet, but I know that this one has two pins. This was also a lock uh, developed by Flavio Icoma, who was uh, big in the IKBS. He's the I in IKBS. Uh, the first people to use bearings uh, in pivots, or at least to turn it into a, a formalized thing. Uh, so that pivot, uh, you press it in, it's a spring-loaded pivot, and it puts two dead bolts, or two um, two bolts through the uh, two holes in the tang of the blade. Uh, so pretty strong. Uh, I feel like they introduced that with, well, they introduced that lock with a $700 Flavio Icoma CRKT, like out of the blue. Like people are used to paying like 30 bucks for a CRKT. This was a couple of years back now. And then boom, they came out with that, that knife. I can't remember what it was called, but they were like sending it to people, getting it in people's hands. And it was a $700 CRKT proof of concept knife. Uh, but, uh, and it had that deadlock. And then, and then after that, they came out with a number of affordable knives with that. But, um, interesting. It's supposed to be a very strong lock. Um, but you know, at, at a certain point, yeah, it's a strong lock. I'm sure they're all strong locks. They all fail 
around the handle material or around the blade. We, we know locks are strong. Okay. So, uh, but that one to me seems nice and fidgety. So that's the bot. Uh, and also that's a 2.21 inch blade. So a, a, a little one, a little one. And then, um, next from uh, them, we have Jim Hammond who did the Hammond cruiser, which was a huge tactical folder for CRKT in the late nineties, early two thousands. I remember getting one for an editor buddy of mine for a project he helped me on. And this is sort of a truncated version uh, of that knife. And another one, this is the PSD. Uh, he is, uh, Jim Hammond is big into the acronyms. The PSD is the particle separation device, uh, which is a, <laughs> a nice way of saying knife. Uh, you got your uh, three inch blade. It's a, it's a downgrade or a downsize from the original 3.6 inch. You got OS 10. And, uh, the original was 4116. So this is definitely a, uh, an upgrade. And then lastly, uh, a, a, a very, sehr, sehr hässlich messer. This knife is ugly as sin, if you ask me. Also from Jim, uh, Jim Hammond. Uh, it's called the ABC, another acronym. Um, and it's all bases covered. It's a drop tip tanto. The blade is pretty nice with VEF serrations. It really loses me with the handle. And where the handle connect the, the overall, it's it's just not a very good looking knife. Uh, but I'm sure it's very effective, and that's what it's for. This one is 12C28N, and is spring assisted. If it wasn't, if it wasn't enough, it is spring assisted. I don't like this knife. I'll just come right out and say it. But I do like uh, the original Jim Hammond Cruiser, and I definitely like that Flavio Icoma. So CRKT coming out with more stuff. I would like to be the uh, the CEO of that company for two years. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You can't pretend to know what goes on behind the, the, the door of a boardroom, but I would love them to take their resources and just, they're, 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 they're groping, they're groping for something better. I just wish they would capture it because CRKT has so many great designers at their behest and uh, a lot of resources. So they, they will, they will hit greatness again. All right. Next up, uh, it's a Gerber. Um, this one is a fixed blade, uh, kind of like the Gerber rock, uh, something that is appealing to me, but unlike the Gerber rock, this one is not designed by Bill Harsey Jr., though it looks like it is. Uh, it's a sl very slim, um, compact outdoors, uh, uh, fixed blade knife for backpacking. And, uh, you know, light camping outdoor activities. But if you look at it, especially, uh, the blade and where the blade meets the, uh, forward grip, it looks a lot. It's very Harzian, uh, especially the, the sharpening choil into the finger guard and the thumb ramp. Um, overall shape of the blade looks very Harzy. And then the handle is not too far off either, especially when you look at the pommel, those three angles at the pommel. So I'm not sure if they're going back to the well. Uh, of designs they've gotten from him in the past and kind of are riffing off that or or what. But it's obviously a good-looking knife if it looks like a Harzi. Uh, but this one they, they chose 440A for. So it's kind of like they're saying, <laughs> I don't know. What are they saying by putting this in 440A? Um, you know, they there are other cheap steels they could use that uh, at least would gain more confidence from the market. Because I know a lot of people just, you know, they're like, well, if it's 440A and it's a buck and it's got the boss heat treat, well, fine. But if it's coming from Gerber, most people are likely to, to, to look down their nose at it. But, you know, that's, that's neither here nor there. It's got a very slim, uh, frame. It's, uh, or not frame, uh, in profile, but, uh, in cross section and it's 4.06 ounces. <sighs> Close, but no cigar, Gerber. I, that, I, I feel like that's their, that's the mantra over there. Okay. Next up, uh, the August buck of the month. This is a nice one. It, it, it's a, a reissue of a, of a now, uh, what do you call it? Discontinued fixed blade. It's the 101 and it's the fixed blade version of the 110. But in this case, it's a drop point. And I got to say, it's pretty, pretty cool looking. It's not normally my, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always going for a clip point. That's the whole subject of, of the show today. But, uh, this, I got to say, as a drop point is pretty compelling. You got that beautiful 
a nickel bolster, uh, a nickel silver bolster, and you have a, a, a very interesting sort of micarta there. Um, it's a called a dark, smoky, gray black, Grays Harbor Rich Light. I, I guess the the Rich Light is called Grays Harbor, but the descriptors are dark, smoky, gray black. Ooh, it's a quiet storm in here. So it's a uh, it's a 154 cm with Paul Boss heat treat, which is awesome because I love 154 cm. And, uh, you know, I can't say I have, I, I just hear that the Paul Boss heat treat is awesome. So Paul, keep doing what you do. Weighs 5.1 ounces. You get a nice leather, uh, drop sheath. Uh, beautiful buck of the month for August 2023. Last up, I want to talk about the, uh, new knife coming out from Flytanium. Now, Flytanium started life as makers of Bally songs and scales. Uh, titanium scales, aftermarket scales for popular models. This is their first, uh, completely original folder and they're using the Demco shark lock, which just warms the cockles of my heart. Um, not too much fanfare, I have to say. Uh, I was just kind of looking at this knife because it was, uh, in the new arrivals or what's, what's to come or, or you know, knives to come on Blade HQ. And this was there and I, saw the the shark lock tab and i was wondering that looks like a shark lock is that the shark lock or is that just a um thumb ramp further back on an extended tang of like a front flipper and lo and behold it is indeed the shark lock so this is really really cool to see because a lot of companies like benchmade like spiderco they wait for that patent to um to expire and then others can just, you know, rush in and start using it, as we saw with the axis lock, as we're starting to see with the compression lock. But here, you know, in the, I don't want to say infancy, in the adolescence of the shark lock, we can see it being licensed out. And I love that. Um, I think that's cool on, on the Demco side. It's business savvy, A and B. It's, it's cool to release that locking technology out there. If you really believe in it and love it, why not? Uh, and it's cool to see on a different knife other than a Demco design. And I find this design to be beautiful. Thank God it's not in my, um, or I should say thank Flytanium that it's not in my size wheelhouse. So I can easily dismiss it from my very long list or from my short list. It can go on the bottom of my long list of upcoming purchases. I've really slowed down on the purchases. I've been very disciplined, uh, because uh, there's a custom knife I've been angling for and it's, I, honestly, it's not uh, so much more than, you know, it's, it's less than a hinderer, but I'm, I'm becoming a little more, um, well, maybe disciplined or something. I'm trying to save my shekels a little more. Uh, it's so I can get some special things rather than uh, try and get everything in here because they look good. And I, I swear I watch a, a Stasa video or a Neves video and, and they, they really whet my appetite for every knife they show, even knives that, are too small or have weird blades or things that I don't even like. Uh, they could sell ice to Eskimos. So I need to stop being that Eskimo and kind of save my money and get the things that I really, really want so I can refine and reduce, you know. Okay, <laughs> coming up, we're going to take a look at the state of the collection. I got four new knives, so I guess that was a pretty bad preamble uh, this week. But uh, this, is a, this has been a banner week. And then after that, we'll take a look at some super cool, a dozen of them, super cool clip point folders. StreamYard simplifies the process of live streaming and recording videos. It allows you to create content seamlessly from your browser. With its versatile features, you can multi-stream to various social media platforms, host regular shows with guests, conduct webinars, record podcasts using local recordings, and create videos with ease. StreamYard has become a popular tool among live streamers, video creators, YouTubers, and podcasters. Its impressive array of features includes live streaming, webinars, local recordings, screen sharing, and more, ensuring that you can produce professional and polished content every time. Get started for free at theknifejunkie.com slash StreamYard. And now that we're caught up with Knife Life news, let's hear more of the Knife Junkie podcast. I received this beauty from Dirk Pinkerton this past week. And um, it was just sent to me as a gift. And I am so grateful. I, I, I recently highlighted his knives on uh, this show. And 
um, I realized that so at a certain point, I'm like, wow, I have a, a lot of his knives. And what is it about Dirk Pinkerton uh, that that his designs just really, you know, activate my <laughs> the collector in me? And uh, it's this seamless. Um, it's this ability to go from EDC to tactical without uh, kind of at the same time without any uh, hard to explain. But every one of his knives could be used and owned by someone who just wants a tool to open things and cut things and but they could also all be owned by people like me who like every knife to be a weapon this is his broadhead it's a model that's uh a sort of a standby or, or a stable it, staple in his custom uh cat catalog so if you don't know dirk pinkerton um designs a whole bunch of knives beautiful folders uh, and fixed blades for uh, the likes of Kaiser, uh, Concept, Beyond EDC, uh, and, and many others, actually. And, uh, but he also is amazing behind the grinder and is well respected by his peers for his grinding ability. And that is so evident here when you take a look at this broadhead here. Look at that tip. It's just unbelievable. I like that human hands. <laughs> okay. I'm getting dramatic, but to me, uh, that is very impressive. Uh, freehand grinding, uh, something to a point like that is, that's pretty damn awesome. Even if it wasn't freehand ground, even if you're using, uh, specialized jigs all day long to make that, uh, which is not the case in this case, still that would be impressive. Um, that tip is just unreal. So this is, uh, the broadhead. This one, by the way, is in Magna Cut. And that beautiful GL Hansen and Son, uh, G Carta there. This one, as you can see, is double edged, looks very much like a broadhead arrowhead. Um, but some other models come in, uh, Hawkbill, Tonto, like a Hawkbill Tonto style. You can, uh, he does a number of different blades, uh, for this. But that ring there, I mean, he, he sent this to me to, uh, help, uh, assuage my doubts about ringed things because this, this ringed knife is so incredibly versatile. I mean, you can hold this in so many different ways. Uh, say you have it in this awesome sheath hanging uh, from around your neck. Grabbing it like this is so easy. And then you have all these different grips, just all these different angles of attack just from the forefinger. You can, of course, put it in a more traditional push dagger on your, on your middle finger. Dirk was telling me he loves it in this reverse grip, uh, which feels like it's just kind of a part of your hand um yeah so an amazing amazing knife beautifully made this is one of his um customs you guys if you're interested in getting uh starting to amass uh some customs in your in your collection handmade things especially things as useful and beautiful as this check out some makers and and you might be surprised uh you might you might be surprised by what Dirk charges for something like this uh i i can't quote you a, a price right here uh but i know that um, that i've been able to afford them so maybe you can too uh maybe a custom knife is not so far out of your reach and a name like pinkerton and designs like his um are well worth it so uh very very grateful to him for sending this to me it it, it expands my Dink, uh, pinkerton collection and I'm very grateful. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other ones uh, that are in the offing for me from him. So <laughs> what can I say? Uh, okay, next up, uh, the Cold Steel SR Lite. Now, now I'm late to the party on this, as I frequently am. Uh, but this one was always on my radar. We gave this away. This was one of the first, if not the first, Gentleman Junkie Knife Giveaway models right here. So I've had this... Uh, come through my hands and i really really loved it uh and so i was excited to see when it was on amazon for 36 bucks uh, that i should just get it and i did and um it, it is really really awesome it's it's uh not the aus 10 the reason it's 36 bucks is because this is in 8cr 13 mov and uh ordinarily i'd i'd uh i'd walk away i'd shut it down and walk away like robert de niro would say 
but but in this case, uh, I, I know I'm so confident in Cold Steel and their ability to wring every last bit of utility and edge retention and stain resistance and all that from from the most pedestrian of steels. I mean, the the OS eight they used for years was great. Uh, so I have no doubt that they did an awesome job with this 8CR13 MOV. Now, I've only used this to cut things that wouldn't stress the edge. It is incredibly sharp, especially for such a stout blade. It's a pretty stout blade, but man, uh, glides through the material I've cut so far. Now, I have not done anything like, um, well, I haven't done cardboard yet. I've done paper. I've done rope and string with this but I haven't done any boxes. I'm curious to see whether the geometry will wedge out and be uh, make it more difficult for that kind of cutting. But something tells me this kind of is just striking all the magic means here. Uh, very comfortable. I wouldn't mind having the G10 version, uh, but not necessary for my uh, personal uh, need from the SR1. So this $36 8CR13 MOV version will most definitely do. Not a huge fan of the design of the clip point of this one, uh, but but the Tonto is a knockout. Uh, speaking of knockout, the CJRB Pyrite. Uh, loved that knife. I gave my Pyrite that they sent me to a friend, a friend in need, and uh, she carries it in her purse now. Uh, this is the XL. This is the one I was holding out for, or the large, actually. Uh, this is the large Pyrite that's a nearly 4-inch blade, 14C28N. Nice and broad, super thin. Well, you got thin blade stock, super thin behind the edge. Very, very slicey knife. Uh, I love this gorgeous um, micarta, green micarta, a little more blue in there than you would see on, say, an OD green micarta. It's got, it's more of a forest green, you know, the color of your Jaguar XKE. Uh, I love the flipping act, the, um, the fidget action on the pyrite. I, as soon as I got the first one, the little three and a quarter inch pyrite, I immediately immediately recognized it's how good the button lock is. To me, it it was the best button lock of my collection, and uh, now I'm thinking this might uh, this might be beating the Mad Tonto from Kaiser as well. Now that this one is broken in, there was a little bit of lock stick on this maybe the first day, uh, but uh, flip it seven trillion times and that goes away. And that's what this knife, uh, this has been a great end of summer knife, nice and thin and light, but big and, uh, great in the shorts carry, uh, so much weight relief happening in there that you can do this though. You can squeeze it. Even with my left hand, I can, I can squeeze it, but not a deal breaker. It's springy steel. It's not like you're going to crush it and, uh, and, you know, interrupt the path of the blade. It's just kind of, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm not crazy about the flex, I'll say, but I, I am crazy about this knife overall. And actually looking at it, uh, in this view, sitting there on that piece of, uh, suede, I love that you can see the frame or the, um, the liner. I like how they sit proud like that in a letterbox fashion. I think it's very handsome in it. It defines the shape of it really nicely. All right. So that's the CJRB large pyrite. Now in the collection. And then lastly, this is a very special one. This was a birthday gift from my good friend Dave, this old sword blade reviews. He sent me this. And then this will be the first knife of our super cool clip point category. So this is sort of a, a bridge knife from State of the Collection. Uh, but this is brand new uh, to me and it is beautiful. And the funny thing is, is Dave sent this to me because he said, um, I know you love the Jack Wolf knives, and somehow this has that feel to me. And I agree. And I think I've come to the conclusion it's the shape of that clip point blade. It really looks like a um, slip joint clip point. <laughs> I like saying that. It really does look like a clip point that you would find on a slip joint knife. Uh, this This morning, I showed my wife this knife. She loved it. She said, it's a knife knife and i'm like oh, okay uh and she was trying to figure out what it was she's like it's it, it looks like the knife a cowboy might carry uh despite the modern you know uh but and i was like yes yes right 
it, it has that old school vibe. And I think it's that clip point. Anyway, a beautiful four inch, uh, S35 VN clip point blade on this artisan cutlery bolster lock frame. Just a beautiful, beautiful knife to hold, to use, to cut with. It is so incredibly sharp. And then just to behold, I love looking at it. Um, you got that nice fuller there. And then you'll notice that logo. This is a, a D rocket design. Dario Castillon, uh, designed this one. Very unique and cool, uh, work coming out from, coming out of D rocket design. I love that clip. It works very, very well. It's a weird sort of dog leg shape, but nice, good in khakis and good in jeans. You know how jeans have the, the flat pocket going straight across and khakis have the tilted, uh, you know, some clips work better in, in others. This works great in both. A very broad handle down here by the, um, uh, by the pommel area. It just widens out, widens out. A uh, nice grip. It's nice and thin. So having a broad handle is welcome and just have stellar, stellar action. And then of course you can flick it with the fuller. So I'm going to use this as, uh, as the first of the super cool clip point folders because that's exactly what this is. Uh, by the way, on this knife, uh, and on other artisan cutleries, you have really, really nice machine satin there. So you get the nice lines and the nice shine and a beautiful swedge. Okay. But none of these knives that I'm about to discuss it or that Hyperion there. Uh, would exist without this. So I, I need to tip my hat to the Buck 110, uh, the classic uh, clip point locking folder. And that's what we're talking about today. Uh, this knife, though, by today's standards is a little bulky and heavy. Uh, that handle is made of, you know, solid brass liners and wood and then a steel spring on the back. It's It's not a light knife, but it's been compelling for ever since it was created. And, uh, this is, I remember Rob Bixby saying, this is like uh, redneck tactical. He's like, how many times has this knife over the years been used as a quote unquote tactical knife? Well, probably more than any other quote unquote tactical folder out there because it's been around a long time and it's been on the hip of, of countless, countless men, uh, over the years. So, uh, this, this is only, um, in my opinion, carryable on the hip in that, in that cool leather pouch. Uh, you, you can make a leather slip for your pocket. I did. Uh, but it was still just heavy in the pocket. Um, I should have uh, weighed it beforehand, but here uh, you have a super thin hollow grind, very, very sharp knife, man. I love this buck 110, uh, 440A, uh, steel. Uh, this one I do not think has the, uh, Paul Boss heat treat. Now this I got at Walmart for 40 bucks. I'm, I don't see the Boss logo on this, so I'm not sure it has it, but it's been a great knife. Um, and it is the progenitor. I think that's a, a, the right word of everything else you're about to see. The great granddaddy, we'll say. Okay. So going from classic American to super modern Chinese, let's take a look at petrified fish. Uh, the company with the weirdest name out there. Um, but they are making some really, really, um, beautiful knives and super high quality. This was a $40 knife, um, kind of buggers the mind, uh, when you think of how it was made and, uh, possibly the, <laughs> the human suffering that maybe went into making this possible at $40. Maybe, maybe not, uh, this day and age. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, but it just a, a gorgeous clip point. It's, it's a, um, a swooping, curving clip point. And, and to me, that's a swashbuckler. To me, that's a classic Bowie shaped, uh, clip point blade. And I think that's what drew me to this initially. It reminds me of the, of, of the cold steels and, uh, and of the Western Bowie and of the different classic, uh, swoop, Swedged Bowies, I'm going to call it this one and only time. Uh, and then you see that is a little opening hole on the back exclusively for us knife nerds who like to open knives like that and know that that's an option. 
That's Spidey Flick. Uh, they use really nice materials. The, the, um, micarta on this knife is beautiful. I love the color and I love how it has, uh, taken a patina here. K110 steel, which is analogous to D2. Uh, very sharp and the action is just sickeningly nice. All right. Next up. This is a very, very unique clip point blade shape. Uh, we saw it with the EDC version of it. Uh, that is, uh, initially, and then he came out with the XL. And now there's going to be a fixed blade version, which just has me very excited. Uh, this is the Cayman XL from Off Grid Knives. First, let's talk about that blade. Oh. Uh, that blade is, uh, a very dramatic tip, down tip, low tip, clip point blade so i mean this is a great utility clip point blade shape if you're doing a lot of uh pull cuts and drag cuts this kind of thing where you're using the tip a lot this is an excellent uh clip point blade shape because that's not an upswept tip like you see say for instance on this knife uh it is a down <laughs> not downswept, but it is a low slung tip so you can bring it to bear easily on those kind of pull cuts and then you see that dramatic long swedge coming on that broad blade. It is a very uh, efficient thruster, let's say. Right up there at the tip, you're going to have a diamond. It's going to. It basically has the profile of a dagger right up at the tip, but it widens out dramatically, which makes whatever stab you're going to be doing with this, you're going to stab it into something uh, way more big and dramatic. And uh, so... For that reason, to me, I, I view this as a, it's a great utility tactical knife. I mean, if you had to use this in a fight, you could do some, um, very grievous stuff with very little effort, uh, with the shape of that blade. Um, but that's not what we're going to use this for. We're all going to carry this and enjoy the awesome best tech made action. We're going to enjoy the beautiful shape and the ergonomics and the utility and the 154C, I'm sorry, the Sandvik, uh, 14C. 28 and blade steel we're also going to enjoy how nicely uh broad that handle is uh, it just is so comfortable in hand and makes you very confident in the wielding of that big dangerous blade which is four inches by the way and on absolute buttered glass right here uh, in terms of action so that is the off-grid cayman xl if that one's too big for you check out the cayman edc it is Awesome. It is one of my, uh, few little big knives like the Yojimbo, which is below my preferred blade size at three and a quarter inches, but, uh, cuts and carries so much like a bigger knife, uh, that, well, I shouldn't say carries like a bigger knife, but, uh, uh in, in hand and in cutting, uh, seems bigger. So, uh, check out the Cayman EDC if the XL here at four inches is too much for you. Speaking of too much for you, this one might be, but it ain't for me. Uh, this is actually um, a very manageable large knife. This is the Beyond EDC asymmetrical line, but you can also get this in the inexpensive Beyond EDC line. Night Horse, designed by Dirk Pinkerton, and it is a modern Navaja. The folding knife uh, created in Spain. Um, when they were disarmed, when the average citizenry could no longer carry swords to, uh, uh, to the marketplace and, you know, to, to settle their differences, they started making these, uh, large folding locking clip point knives that had, uh, uh, ratchet locks on the back. So it had a sort of, um, wheel on the back, uh, of the blade with ratchets cut into it or little notches. And it fit into a ring pull, um, device on the back that allowed it to lock open. And it also made a menacing click, 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 click noise when you opened it. If you, if you've ever experienced the Spiderco Navaja, uh, they, they, uh, they sort of emulated that with the lock. Uh, another missed opportunity, uh, using Ed Shemp as the designer. I, I don't mean to diss Ed Shemp, but he does some very awkward things, I think, with some very beautiful, graceful designs. But anyway, this is about this Pinkerton design. Now this, uh, you're, you're saying that's a clip point and I'm saying, yes, it is. It's a Spanish style clip point. 
Uh, you can see that in the Miguel Barbudo. If you don't know who he is, look him up on Instagram. Uh, he is a master uh, Spanish knife maker, a master at making these incredible long, flat Spanish clips. And uh, I love them. I think they're great looking, but I also think they're great utility and great for fighting. Great for fighting because you have that long point and that belly for slashing and a downward rake to the um, edge. So you get maximized uh, cutting or damage in your in your swipes. Uh, but also, you have this nice long portion in the front that you can use against flat surfaces that has a rounded uh, termination there. So uh, very good on flat surfaces for utility cutting. Uh, so though it is very weapony in its origin and frankly in its looks, uh, this does make a great EDC knife. So this is an exclusive from Smoky Mountain Knife Works. You can get it in this uh, titanium dress with the S30, uh, with the, uh, yeah, S35VN for 170 or something like that. Or you can get the G10 liner lock version with 14C28 and for 30 bucks. It's mind blowing. I don't, uh, but anyway, I carry that one quite a bit and uh, that ends up at the office a lot. And oddly enough, uh, this four, four and a quarter inch blade is an excellent food prep knife. Uh, only in a pinch have I, have I used it that way, but it's awesome. Uh, and I think it has to do with that, uh, kind of long portion up front, that first third of the blade, uh, which meets up with the cutting board just kind of at the right angle. Okay. So we're, we were just looking at long, somewhat sinuous, traditional, fighting knife well here's one that is small not so sinuous and modern and this is from uh michael cam uh david cam i'm sorry david cam of orion knives or blade banter you might know him as blade banter he's got an awesome channel on youtube uh, but he started orion knives from his love of knives and orion because his his uh son's favorite um Constellation is Orion, and in that household, they're very into um, astronomy, and I think that's really cool, uh, especially if you're going to start a company and kind of involve your kids in it uh, eventually, you know, rope them into the whatever the family passions are and make, make the knife about that too. Uh, this is a really cool clip point blade for a number of reasons, one of which it's another little big knife. Uh, this is not ever a front pocket knife for me, but this is one that uh, ends up in my pocket a lot for emotional support because you have that awesome flipper button lock action. And by the way, David Camp with his uh, Solaris was ahead of the game with the flip uh, with the flippers flipper button locks. Uh, ahead of the game, meaning um, the Malibu had already been out, and uh, there had been a little bit of action on that front um, in terms of flipper button locks. Uh, but he really. I can't say he's responsible for blowing it up, but he, he was doing this and doing it well. And then Civivi and then all the other companies kind of did it. And I'm not saying that they were jumping on his bandwagon. What I'm saying is, is he was out ahead of the pack, uh, doing this, uh, long before a lot of the bigger companies were. And he did it great. So there you go. Uh, beautiful micarta handle, very warm in the hand. And, uh, this is definitely meant for, Choil use. I mean, I guess if you were, um, never used a knife before and didn't realize that that choil was there, you could hold it like this. You could hold it like this for doing extended cuts, trying to just cut that rosebud that I just can barely. Yeah. You could use it like that, but really it's made kind of like the sage and a lot of spider, smaller spider codes to, to take advantage of that choil. Uh, this is 14C28 and a beautiful blade shape. This clip point, I love that it's got jimping on the, on the clip point. So that jimping is, uh, as David described it to me, um, for me, I thought it just looked cool, but then, yeah, you put your finger on there. Um, I'm not sure if you would use this for skinning an animal, but that might be handy in that case. Uh, but he was talking about you're cutting into things. Say you're cutting into a box, uh, a box full of down pillows and you don't want to cut too deeply. You know, you're going to use that jimping to lock your finger in at a certain cut depth. Uh, maybe you have to go that deep. Maybe you have to go that deep. Maybe you have to go that deep. Well, that jimping is there to really hold your finger. And I think that's such a cool 
uh, value-added tidbit there. I mean, to me, uh, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's cool. It looks cool, you know, uh, in my superficial way. But uh, then when the usage was apparent and described, um, it, it, it became even cooler, of course, because it has a purpose. Anodized aluminum backspacer and um, uh, uh, pivot collar. Uh, this, uh, I'm not sure if they're available yet, but more and more, um, you know, for the Solaris, he has a, which is a larger model than this, but utilizes this same setup around the pivot. Um, he has a lot of aftermarket, uh, fixtures for that. And I think that's coming for this too, if not already there. I haven't checked the website in a little while. All right. Next up, another brutally beautiful, um, clip point. That's no, not brutally. This is classy. This is classy and traditional. Modern. Uh, this is the Gunslinger Jack from Jack Wolf Knives. His first locking, uh, the first locking knife in the Jack Wolf lineup has that beautiful clip point blade. So thin, uh, how, full height hollow grind, wicked, wicked, wickedly thin behind edge. Uh, with this one, not as upswept, say, as the Benny's clip. Uh, so you have the tip just slightly below center line, just below that pivot, or maybe Maybe exactly in line with that pivot. So it's a nice, useful tip, but you have an awesome little belly there. And then all of that straight. This is a very useful and uh, versatile um, clip point. Sometimes clip points are, are more specialized. They seem more specialized towards a tactical use or more specialized towards a utility. Uh, this is definitely flexing, though I, I wouldn't say that this is well, yeah, like anything else, you could use this uh, as a fighting knife, but it's obviously not designed as such. This is a gentleman's locking folder. This is a gentleman's EDC. And no, you don't have to be a gentleman to carry it, uh, but you should be a gentleman anyway, unless you're a gentle woman. Uh, you've got the triple-fluted, blasted titanium bolsters, which are so beautiful. And in my case, the Arctic Storm carbon fiber, absolutely beautiful. Of all of these, Carbon fibers. I like the cool colors uh, better. I like the purples and the the um, and the blues. Uh, though I have not had one of the warm colored ones, uh, my eye is just drawn to this. I love the contrast, or not the contrast, but the way the blue looks next to the gray. It's kind of all cool. And then on this one, of course, you have the clip and the bolster lock. Such a great knife. Clip point all day long, and and uh, a number of different deployment methods to to the Jack Wolf Knives Gunsling Jack. All right, the one slip joint on this list, and I could have put a lot because I have a lot of slip joints with very beautiful clip point blades, but this one takes the cake. Uh, we were talking about the Navaja before. Well, this is a little uh, non-locking slip joint folding Navaja designed by Gudi Von Poppels. First name, Gudi, G-U-D-Y. Last name, Von Poppels. V-O-N-P-O-P-P-E-L-S. He's Dutch, obviously. Go check him out on Instagram. His stuff is so beautiful. This, uh, by comparison to his custom work, uh, this is the Gitano and, and that means gypsy, uh, I guess. And I'm, I'm, I'm told that's how it's pronounced. Uh, the Gitano and he does larger, uh, uh, locking versions of this knife in, in titanium with all sorts of kind of decorative flourishes that are just beautiful they are astounding so please check that out but this uh entry level goody von poppel's uh lion steel gitano is uh has all of those sort of profile lines uh without you know having to spend thousands of dollars and this one has that uh olive wood handle and um came in green micarta and carbon fiber but i was drawn to this warm beautiful wood it seemed most apropos for the design uh i love my carta i'm even starting to like uh, carbon fiber more especially with the types i was just showing off uh but for this knife it, it needs natural material um i feel like wood yes definitely or horn would be nice uh, some sort of uh buffalo horn or or even cow bone you know jigged cow bone would be cool uh, that is a titanium bolster. It's got really nice action and, um, it slaps home with such authority that for a long time I thought I might be experiencing blade wrap, but it's not. It's just, it's just the, uh, 
sorry about that. The Tang hitting hitting home on that stop pin. Uh, very nice ergonomics, and again, a clip. Uh, this one, when I first got it, I carried it all the time in my back left pocket. I haven't carried this one in a while, um, or I've been sort of bringing it out recently. Um, but that clip makes it very handy, and that's, that incredibly stout spring uh, makes it very uh, confidence-inspiring. Uh, Blade steel, uh, nylox. That's what that, what that is, but nylon. All right, next up. Now, this guy, uh, he's French <laughs> and designs, uh, his, all of his designs seem to have that double peak spine. And I love that. It's K Max Rom. And, uh, uh, his name is Jonathan, Jonathan Renaudin. He's been on the show before. Very nice guy. Very interesting designs coming from this guy. Uh, he started off like most as a custom knife maker. I was following him, been following him for years on Instagram. Uh, I know the day I've discovered him. It was the day my second daughter was born. And, uh, cause I was sitting in the hospital doom scrolling knives. And, uh, the, it's the double peak on all of his designs that really got me. And he calls them pelicans mostly. Uh, but this one is the pretatu. Um, pretatu is French for ready for anything. Pret, ready, and the rest means for anything, I guess. Uh, the Preta 2 uh, came out originally in uh, this blade shape and a very Chris Reeve-esque ta- uh, Tonto shape in titanium frame lock handles. Super smooth, super awesome. Uh, but then I got the Micarta liner lock, and I, I fell in love with this so much, carried this so much more than the titanium that I wanted it to go to a good home. It did indeed. It went to my friend Will B. Uh, he is a uh, gentleman junkie and loves that knife. I think he carries it quite a bit, at least on Thursdays he seems to. Um, fits in the hand so nicely. I love the the ergonomics here. Uh, just a simple curve and a simple finger choil, but it melts, melts in the hand. Um, in reverse grip, it's also pretty pretty dang nice but the thing that really gets me is the 154 cm blade um clip point with the fuller which yes you can flick it open using the fuller uh, but it's just a beautiful beautiful clip point um reminds me a little bit of a mac v sog with those dual peaks there uh, that's something that is very very appealing to me thumb fits right up there in that notch okay next up is from uh, microtech here is another cool and unique clip point blade shape. This is the Bravo, uh, the SOCOM Bravo. Uh, this one made by Reich Knives, their first, uh, their first, uh, Chinese OEM'd knife. Uh, Reich Knives is, seems like the perfect company to make something like this, especially with, uh, the kind of sculptural work they do. I think this is a very sculptural knife, uh, with the, with all of the text, not textures, but, all the different surfaces and with the sculpting in the blade. Uh, no doubt Riot could do an awesome job, but Reich just seemed like the right fit. Uh, I like this clip point because it is very subtle. It's a clip point that reminds me of, say, a Chris Reeve Knives Sabenza. You know, uh, if you squint your eyes, it might just look like a drop point, but then you look at where it takes a very definite turn down. And uh, I've always liked the Microtech SOCOM clip points, but I've only ever had the Tonto, so I was very excited when the Bravo finally came out uh, in its second run, and I was able to get my hands on it uh, and uh, and get this M390 blade steel. I have number 970. What do you think of that? Uh, nice carbon fiber, a beautiful knife to carry and to use, except that clip, actually. That clip, a uh, little tight, so be careful what you carry it with or just expand out the clip ever so slightly. All right, three more left. Let's get to this one, which is an absolute classic. This is the Emerson CQC-13. Of all the many, many clip point blades that Ernest Emerson has uh, designed and put into production, whether with Emerson, Kershaw, or ZT, or anyone else, this is the most beautiful of them all. Uh, you've got that dramatic swooped swedge uh, with uh, a point that is pretty, it's a pretty much of a trailing clip point. Um, and a gorgeous swedge, just beautiful to look at. I love the grind lines on this. This was the knife that really made me fall in love with bevels. I know that sounds 
goofy, but it really made me pay attention and start looking closer at uh, not only how Ernest Emerson and Emerson Knives got some schmutz on there, uh, grinds their bevels, but just how you can see grind lines and how beautiful they are and how they tell a story and how crisp and defined all the surfaces on this blade are. Uh, aftermarket scales from Vantage Blade Works. This is just one of the best and one of my absolute favorite clip point blades and one of my favorites in my collection. CQC 13, catch as catch can, as is with all um, Emerson's, but uh, they'll come around to making them again if they're not right now. All right, second to last, this one's very unique to me. This is the Sandstorm K uh, by Max Ace. To me, this is, well, again, you got the double peak thing that I like a lot, but I could see how people would call this a drop point with a swedge. You're kind of stretching it with that very, very straight uh, uh, swedge here. But to me, uh, this is not a this is not a harpoon drop point or anything like that nonsense. This is a clip point. Now, what does the clip mean? That means you've clipped off part of the blade. So imagine this as a drop point. Well, the blade would come out like this and be rounded off and come to the point. Well, that has been clipped off and then swedged. So here it is. I feel like I'm arguing uh, one-sided because no one said no one said that it wasn't a clip point, but I, I sort of had this argument with myself, and uh, I've always kind of had it with this and the combative edge. Um, I'm always, I'm always uh, the the combative edge. I'm always wondering, is this a clip point or a drop point with a swedge? And and I've just brought down the hammer, and so this is a clip point and uh, a a quite impressive one at that at K110 giant four and a quarter blade, very broad and just beautiful to look at. Now they when they make their knives they have a k110 version like this that's inexpensive with inexpensive materials and then they do a tie version that's more sculpted and a little different so they did that with this they just came out with a sandstorm fancy version too and man oh it's gorgeous and they did some really cool uh compound grinding on that blade so do check it out max ace makes some really cool stuff i've had a few um but this is, uh, and I would like to have more, but this is the one representative I have in the group right now. Okay, so last up, you know what it's going to be, or or at least who's going to make it. Last up is the Cold Steel Espada Large. Uh, I would have gone for the XL at 7.5 inches in blade length, but frankly, I don't really carry that knife. That is more of a, a home defense folder, if you will. Get one in each hand, and I'll do some Cinewally on your ass. Uh, this one here, uh, the XL or the uh, the large, is the most useful, I think, of the lineup. Now, I never really liked the small or the medium-sized uh, Espada. I didn't like the way it fit in the hand. It almost felt like it was going to fall out of the hand. To me, uh, you do not have that issue, obviously, with this nice big handle. All these different places to hold the handle. Um, this is the newer dressed-up version. The old original version, which I have in in the G10. Um, has a longer Spanish style swedge. So that swedge comes all the way back to about here. Uh, this one looks more like an American Bowie to me. Um, and, um, I, I, I can't say I have a preference. I kind of liked this when it first came out better than the original, but now in recognizing, uh, the, the tip of the hat to the original Spanish design, the original Espada blade, uh, rings just slightly more true. Uh, but in any case, where else are you going to uh, be able to get something like this but cold steel? And what I mean is by in this size. We saw the Beyond EDC asymmetrical Navaja. That's a pretty awesome knife and pretty big, but it's not as big as this. So, so yeah, I, I will wrap this all up with probably the coolest clip points are the Espadas. This is not rank ordered. I like them all, uh, but, you know, that. That Cold Steel Espada takes the cake for me. All right, well, tell me which clip point knives take the cake for you. Drop it down below. Are they impractical to you? Are the tips too high? Do you like the idea of bringing the tip down lower? And can you do that effectively with a clip point blade? Well, I think we learned that we can. So is there a clip point for you? Are you as crazy about them as I? Let me know in the comments below. Join us on Sunday for a great interview and then Thursday, tomorrow night, for Thursday Night Knives. 
10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And of course, if you want to help support the show, you can do so by going over to Patreon. That's the knifejunkie.com slash Patreon or scan the QR code right here on the screen. For Jim Morgan his magic behind the switcher, I'm Bob DeMarco saying until next time, don't take dull for an answer. Thanks for listening to the Knife Junkie Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review at reviewthepodcast.com. For show notes for today's episode, additional resources, and to listen to past episodes, visit our website, theknifejunkie.com. You can also watch our latest videos on YouTube at theknifejunkie.com slash YouTube. Check out some great knife photos on theknifejunkie.com slash Instagram, and join our Facebook group at theknifejunkie.com slash Facebook. And if you have a question or comment, email them to Bob at theknifejunkie.com or call our 24-7 listener line at 724-466-4487, and you may hear Hear your comment or question answered on an upcoming episode of the Knife Junkie Podcast. Knife Junkie.